Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Cameron Bloody Wilson, it's Hump Day Part 2 with guest friend Nathan Jones. Hello, Nathan. Thank you for coming in. Uh, you. Now, you've got something in common with both of us. Uh, I, I wore number two for Melbourne a lot as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you were as an adult. I wore Robbie Flower jumper. You wore Nathan Jones' jumper. And uh, and now you've got a bit in common with uh, Dane Swan, apart from being a one club legend. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. do. Um, Cheers. Twins. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How did you go? Well, were they your, were they your no, second and third? No, third and fourth. How did you go when you found out? Um, I still remember it because we had a little bit of trouble leading up to it with miscarriages and stuff. We kind of went with not a huge amount of hope. Then when we got there and they're like, yeah, everything's a go. Like there's a heartbeat and it's progressed a lot further than where we previously got to. And then she's like, but, and we're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) And then she's like, and we're thinking the worst. She's like, I think there's a second one. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah. I literally sat, I sat, I remember sitting back in my chair. I was like, I pretty much jinxed myself because I remember we had, like, when I was younger, I was like, yeah, you know, I want a big family. Yeah. I had one kid. I was like, and they can't go for I was like, no. But then we had a second and he was an absolute <clears throat> menace. Yeah. Terrible sleeper. And I was like, I don't know if we can do another one. And because and we'd had like a rough trot going for the third. The gap was getting bigger. And I'm yeah. like, we're so far out of the woods now. Yeah. And then it was actually because of the COVID stuff and the, the hub and like all of that um, period, we were like, we'll give it one more go. Yeah. And then funnily enough, you, uh, you land twins. Yeah, I know. Wild, mate. Wild. Yeah. I, I said to Swatty part one that I've got two two mates, close mates, who have had twins. They're both were third and fourth. And I remember where I was when I got the call from, and both times I said, you're joking. And their answers were, you think I'd be fucking joking again? <laughs> That's pretty much how I felt. I remember calling all my family saying on the, on the drive down Punk Road, I still remember we made like four or five phone calls. And they're like, bullshit. I was like, nah. Yeah. Well, I'd already started planning in my head though. I was freaking out like, how the fuck are we going to afford shit? I'm going to have to yeah. sell my missus car. That means I'm probably need, and because we have two girls, mm. two boys, and they're all different ages. Mm. So I'm going to need a five bedroom house. Yeah, that's all shit. We I was just through. like, fuck. Yeah. Where's, what car have you got? Nah, sold Mrs. Car and bought a Kia Carnival. Well, we drove, we we took Mate, best car on the market, value yeah. for money. Well, we we bought the Hyundai Palisade. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, that's exactly the same she went through. I was like, and we only went from one to three, but fucking, why live in Paran, like three, but it's a three level single front of place, so it's stairs, so that's got to go. Like, yeah. We'll try and keep them, but exactly the same as I've had to buy a fucking new car, get rid of my Mrs. Car, like. New house, fucking new prams, new like yeah, man. everything else. And with like, the, even with the twins from a car perspective, because like one's okay with a single pram and like one car seat, but then you add in the double car seats, the double pram, and you got to take two of everything yeah. everywhere. It's like fuck me. I need like a trailer. It's, oh, man, it's, it's an hour to get in the car. <laughs> That's why I was late getting out. Yeah, they, I couldn't even get out of the house. Yeah, they've only been home for it. They don't even do anything. <laughs> like, you got to get paid. Oh, man, it's a fucking nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah I don't even know what that is. I, I went in and booked in like, I was like, I need to go. So I booked in like a fitness class the other day. And they go, mate, you're not booked in. I was like, yes, I have. 
and I'm like, see it in, and they're loading it. They go, mate, you booking in on a Tuesday. I was like, oh, fuck no, I didn't. <laughs> well, I don't know what time it is because you're up. You know, I'm sure you know, like with with one kid, mm-hmm. your missus could just do all the work at nine. You could sleep. With two, I got to I got to get up and help. Yeah, so I'm up every two hours, basically myself too. It, it was all the shock to the system for me because our first two came when I was playing. So I don't know how people have. Children when they're professional athletes. Well, you it, was flying, it, like, it was literally like you said, though. Like, with one, <laughs> I was just handed off to my missus. She would do all of the, most of the nights, a lot of the feeding. Yeah. I was like, sort of, I was the fun dad, like, come home from training, <laughs> spend time tomorrow. I'm, go to I'm off, to, off to work for the day. Whereas with the twins, it landed right when I retired. Uh, yeah. And I got time off. I'm like, well and truly in the trenches. <laughs> and then I was like, it's a, a major appreciation for what the women do. Oh, yeah. It's, sure. it's incredible. That's what I was saying. I said, I wouldn't want to lock down again. So I had, <laughs> so I had, I've got, I can just speed home all day and be slob and just went, they sleep, I sleep. Yeah. I've got to go out and do shit. So it's fucked, mate. I could imagine having twins with being a professional athlete. Well, you have to have, you have to have a spare and be able to sleep. You wouldn't sleep in the same bed with your missus for six months. No, you couldn't. No. Like Sammy Mitchell got a, uh, would book a hotel. Hotel. Is it, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. He ended up, with, he, four, was it four for him? Yeah. And they were all like under three or something. While he was playing, I was like, whoa. Uh, you know, he, he left me when he went to Perth for sure, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why he went to play the West Coast. He goes, babe, I'm going to do a couple of years in West Coast and hone me skills, hone me craft. So yeah. an extraordinary coincidence. Dave, who has been out of the workforce, sort of, I mean, you know, he's been very busy in his own way, but he's been out of the workforce for five years post footy. This is the year he's, he's entering the workforce. Can you believe that? Oh, can we? oh, no, I actually can't. It was the same. I, I was like, I'm going to take 12 months off. This is like, I'm just going to chill, like, take whatever's here and there. A bit what Sonny said before, you know, throw enough shit on the wall, something will stick. Yeah. Just take on whatever opportunities. But then when it, I got to like sort of five or six months, start of the new year, I was like, is this costing a bomb? <laughs> and it's like chewing into like all of your savings and yeah. investments and stuff. And I was like, I'd actually need to get a job. Like, I mean, you're going to sort of miss the boat and then all of a sudden I've got four kids that I need to pay for. So They're not cheap, man. They're like, I don't about keeping Amazon in business. That's it. <laughs> Some things come a day. So what the fuck, mate? Like, where Uber Eats? Because it's just like so. Not from yeah. a food perspective, like shopping. Like, can't be fucking yeah. in the house. It's like order nappies and order wipes. <laughs> and... We're going through 20, 30 nappies a day. <laughs> yeah, I'm back get used to that. Mate, thank goodness. And her mum, you know, her mum's living with us at the moment, so she's down from the states for for three or four months. And mate, it's a tight house. And fuck, she's with us too. Like <laughs> just a little bit of respite with the kids, but mate, the spending that goes on, I'm I, I shop twice a day. Yeah. Like just getting shit, right? I didn't even know what coconut water was till three or three oh. weeks ago. Now we drink liters of the fucking thing. I was like, I don't know, but no one liked it three months ago. Now we drink ten liters of it a day. Uh, and what, what's what's been the process for you to get into the workforce yourself? Um, oh, like I took on some a bit of the footy media stuff just out of interest. So I did some stuff with Seven and uh, some radio stuff with SEN. But I've always had an interest in property, and I was just lucky enough through mates and friends and contacts through school that I sort of got led into a developer down in Bayside while living and jumped in there in a bit of a business development role. And um, well, I sort of started as an ADM with like an assistant <coughs> development manager and then moved it more into that um, de- um, business development stuff. And that's been almost 12 months now, which has been pretty cool. Like I had no idea about that multi-residential space. So they sort of work in that you know, 10 to 30 apartment kind of space. Um, yeah, it's it's uh it's big business. If you need any traffic guys, mate, or any carpenters, <laughs> any laborers, I'm your man. Oh yeah, yeah, actually the construction team was looking for labor by the other day, so I'll uh yeah. we'll work that yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Let me know, mate. <laughs> so our first year we, 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 uh, before we got cancelled, uh, Scotty Cummings was was part of it, and his job was to basically go have lunch with people five days a week, Is, and he claimed that was work. Yeah, well, that's pretty much. That's like that's like a fluffy business yeah. development role, really. Um. When yeah. I, but the lady said, don't give up our fucking secrets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's like eating with food and drink. Like, I'm drinking during the week, like during the day at lunchtime. Like, there's days I come home and I've had a few beers and what's up? Yeah, doing Oh, no, I just been at work. <laughs> <Working> <laughs> I haven't really been working that hard. But um, oh, it's very much that industry in particular. It's like relationship-based. So, yeah. um, and, you know, I think the, the opportunity for footy players to leverage off their network and, and, uh, and help you know, grow a company's um, network itself is 
is probably where, you know, I guess business owners see opportunity. And, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to land one and as Swanee's about to do as well yeah. into that realm, which it can be quite fun. It's, um, yeah, like I said, you meet plenty of people and, um, you know, you sort of open the Rolodex of the footy world, but then you start to meet other people and it kind of diversifies and eventually you sort of find your path. Uh, what's, uh, what's been the surprise that you weren't expecting with having a job? Now... <laughs> It's been a rough twelve months, really. Um, I, I like I was pretty prepared from a, um, I guess from a financial perspective and I, my mentality somewhat. But I reckon the most difficult thing has been just like the lack of adrenaline and like that fast pace. Like yeah, the real world for me, comparative to the footy, like in the footy world, it's like you ask a question or click the fingers, generally you get an answer pretty quickly. Whereas you're waiting on other people to give you information or, you know, follow you back up. And it's just a hell of a lot slower and nowhere near the excitement level that I was used to. So uh, in saying that, you know, there's times where you're sort of sitting there twiddling your thumbs and you're like, fuck, what should I be doing? But I think that's just the natural um, inclination from playing sport for so many years. Like you've all, you always had something to do. And if it wasn't that, you'd be able to just kick back and go and have lunch or chill out on the couch. Yeah, if we're making money that, Fucking the NFL or the NBA, <laughs> like, I'm going to be doing a job. We're going to be boat somewhere on a yacht somewhere, you know, because we we're, were making 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year. You fucking, I certainly want to be doing this. Podcast, really, really, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I think the construction in that industry, it's, as much as the, uh, the footy industry is completely different than anything else, I think the characters now are sort of the yeah. same. So, like, if you sat me in a, an office of accountants and that, I'd be in HR with him. <laughs> You know, within seven hours, I'd say the wrong thing or I'd swear too much or, you know, I'd just, I'd say something that was a little bit politically incorrect and someone had offence with it with, I don't think you've got to be careful these days. Yeah. I think the construction industry is probably a nice entry for, for someone like myself who hasn't had really any workforce experience who go in and most of them are, yeah. are, are, are guys and lads that like to have, you know, knockabouts and you can sort of get along on that level i think so i think that would be a good introduction for me instead of stepping into a fucking office where you got to yeah you know be on your toe you got to be careful about what you're saying that goes up man i'll be sad to me <laughs> well that, that industry for sure it's like that it's like a team environment really like obviously i'm in that i still sit in that office space but you interact with the construction team and like even the banter within the office because it is very much a team environment like there's all these different departments trying to work towards a common goal which is where that connection with you know sport, I think correlates. So um, yeah, you'll have fun. It's good fun. Yeah. I the, I have a lot of banter with the construction yeah. boys. I get ripped all the time <laughs> about like what I'm wearing to work and that kind of thing. But it's all good fun, and that's what like that's the stuff you miss from playing yeah. footy. But I've sort of found it back in that that industry. Do you miss? Do you play? Have you, do you have a kick or anything like that? No, I played one game last year. I'm thinking of maybe playing a couple this year. Yeah, I do miss I'll, that. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I, I play. I, I, that's like I didn't play for six years because of me foot and stuff. Yeah. But but going back to a footy club, when I played St Kilda City. I'm, I'm yeah, no, nah, I'm good mates with Jimmy Magnus. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's a different kind of footy. Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's he was trying to rope me in. Like, <laughs> see, like, Come on, I'm like, oh. Yeah, come, come down and play in the back half of the year. Um, <laughs> but that's this year. But like that's and with kids and that, like oh, I said, why are you still fucking playing footy then? Well so well, you know, I'm, before you had kids and you just you and your missus though, you, you go on a Saturday but I'm going to the pub, I'll see you Monday, I'll see yeah, you Sunday, yeah. you go out, no cares, no worries, you could just no one to look after, you could just go out and play. If you want to be home Monday, you could if you just want to go out whatever, you could do whatever you want on the weekends, but now you have responsibilities. So the get out it's footy on a Saturday. He's like, yeah. well, I'm going. You play footy, have a bit of fun, a few beers afterwards, and you still get that sort of camaraderie, the yeah. piss taking, and the, that. It's obviously nowhere near like playing my club, that competitive stuff. And I'm not super competitive, but like getting out there and running around and still yeah, trying yeah. to play well, it's, it's something that just fills in that void for. There will be a time, you know, I've got my foot to fuck. So, you know, <laughs> I've got one or two years left, and then I oh, know I'll never be able to play again. So I was like, are you going around again? You'll play yeah. at, at St Kilda City? Yeah, probably. Well, just, just at St Kilda City? No, I'm going to play a couple of those other games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Mate, well, listen, if I, if I need to go and help struggling small community towns by going out and playing footy for them, and, yeah, yeah. You know, mate, I'm more than willing to <laughs> sacrifice my body to go and do that. So, <laughs> so I'll, um, I'll go and do a bit of that. There's a nice little kicker on yeah, the back. Yeah, exactly. Around. So I'll go and do that before June 30 and then probably in the back half of the year go with go down the city but um but it gets me out of, gets me out of home a little bit otherwise yeah, yeah. she'll be like where are you going i'm going to the pub well, i can know you're not <laughs> you got three kids on two not going anywhere oh, so mate. at least footy i've got an excuse to get it yeah, yeah. Go footy training and obviously if it's pissing down around the thursday you're like you don't have to I'll go yeah you don't. <laughs> so, um yeah so, so i've i've really enjoyed it and obviously it's a, it's a big step down for footy where it's not serious, not yeah. you know, not professional at all. You can just come and go as you please. You can fucking you know, the boys are I didn't have any boots off before that made those smashing beers now like after <laughs> some of the shit that I seen in the same room saying you see before I didn't have any boots off. I was like, <laughs> Fucking hell, this is different. Um but it's uh, it's good fun and, and listen, I mean, it keeps you young when yeah, all these yeah. twenty year olds are running around. Uh, it keeps you young. So I played eight years of very, very basic suburban footy, but that's what I can relate to Dane about. And one of the great things about local footy is you actually play because you want to and you're with each other because you want to be, whereas I suppose the difference in league footy is you get drafted and you, you go where, you have, where you're told. Yeah, And absolutely. then you have to engender mateship. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like, it's almost drummed into you really because like there's no sort of pathway to success unless you embrace that. Whereas with local footy, and I played in that Carlton Draft Series last year and I only went down to Port Arlington like, it was, um, and you could just feel that. And that's a team that, like, talk about struggling club. Yeah. Like, hadn't played finals in, like, 20 years, hadn't won a game in four years, like, average losing margin, like, 150 points <laughs> of that season. And I roll up there, and all the boys are just loving the fact that they're there on a Saturday trying to have a win, like, and we still got belted that day. <laughs> but everyone's just sucking beers after it, and we're having a good laugh. And, um, you know, like, obviously, they'd love to be in a different position, but it wasn't even really about wins and losses it was just like bringing everyone together and that's what made me think about wanting to play this year yeah. so I was like fuck that that environment was super infectious like I didn't even know those guys but just sitting there and hanging for the day and feeling what they felt so I, I that's why I thought about going and playing maybe a game back at my local club yeah. and um I've got a mate who coaches up in Coral as well maybe play there and if Swanee can talk me around maybe yeah exactly games, okay, just nice and close <laughs> all footy clubs are the same like AFL level they're all uh, yeah, might get one dickhead out of 45, but every footy club generally has great people in it. Well, they're all, you know, a good bunch of boys, have a good time. But, and what I found doing that tour like you did at Port Arlington, like the president of Port Arlington loves his club just as much as, as Eddie loves yeah. Collingwood. Like yeah. They're fucking putting as much work, as much effort, and probably more because, you know, not all of them are financially wealthy as the presidents of yeah. AFL clubs. So they heart and soul, all the, yeah. the trainers who put – who put in their time for free, just like the boot starters and the AFL clubs. Mate, they care and are passionate about, more passionate about their clubs than some are about AFL clubs. So you go in there, I said, it's hard not to, you're right now, I'll be sore today, but I might just fly around, but you roll in and you, yeah, you can't help the yeah. energy. You go, fuck, I actually want to bust my ass and try and help this yeah. side get a win. And they're all so thankful and appreciative of it. It's like, it is, it's it's a nice feeling to go down and know you actually want yeah, yeah. wanted and contributed and have a good time. And, and most of the boys just want to have a beer afterwards. They know their shit. And, <laughs> and like, they know they're going to, you know, you're not, you, an AFL player ain't making a 200 point difference. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you might stop a couple, yeah. a couple, but they just want to go down, get 300 people to an after match, have a couple of beers, have a couple of beers, tell some stories and, and go on yeah, with their yeah. day. No, it's, it's good fun. Um, Swanee said, never mind white privilege, AFL football privilege, which was when you fucked your foot. Hmm. Have you learned that actually you haven't got doctors at your back and call and those oh. type of things? Yeah, I, don't, I actually don't really know where to turn to. Like, <laughs> mm. I've, I've like I've kept relatively fit, but like even the other day, and I don't want to complain about feet, but my foot was real sore, and we got fucking baby gates all through the house, <laughs> and I tripped over one, not long ago. I thought I might have broke my toe, but then I'm like, who the fuck would even call that? <laughs> but I was looking up. I actually had been once to a local doctor for something, and I was like, what the fuck? even is this like yeah. checking in like book at a time like go and see some random lady yeah. and then she's like go and do this i'm like this never happens <laughs> oh, there's uh it absolutely was a privilege like we our club, club doctor was on call like you could call him any time of night even if it wasn't for you it was for your family but well, only last week i took one of my kids to the, the hospital which i would never have done like, i would have called him and got his yeah, advice absolutely. i'm like Fuck, maybe i should just take the hospital <laughs> just like normal people do. Five o'clock in the morning i was like 
fuck is this? That's <laughs> nah, anyway, not good. No. Nah. Uh, so, what was your training regime between games? Uh, not much. I reckon it's a hoax. You got to train. Oh, this bit nah. of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I trained a bit, not at the ground. Well, I, I thought I had decent enough touch. I fumbled like everyone, but like. I didn't need to see me. I didn't need to have fifty kids of training to yeah. think like I'm ready to go. So what I did, and and the weather, and I probably look after myself going on the weekends. Well, I know I didn't look after myself after games. So like, oh, my body was too sore. So I'd prefer to run in the in altitude rooms yeah. of things of the past, but they're all in vogue when I was yeah, yeah. when I was fine. So, but I'd, I'd rather just run for like half an hour before I just do lost strides, like you know, minute on minute off, or you know, at you know, 23 k an hour on the yeah. treading. That's what I thought I needed, but um, that was early in the week. And then once I got to two or three days out, you know, my was like, I want to save all my energy for games. It was, it was obviously a mental thing. I was like, as long as, like, the day before Captain's run, I prefer, I would just hardly do anything just because I didn't want to sweat on I felt like I didn't want to waste one second of energy <laughs> for, for the game. So, like, even warm up, I wouldn't do anything. Like, I hated being hit before the game. So, I, I tried to avoid being tackled. Like, when I was out there, I <laughs> Why would I want to be tackled in a warm-up and cop, and cop a stray elbow or, and then get a corky run out and become uncomfortable? So I just try to avoid it all and have one, the two hours, the two hours of the week was where I got paid. That's yeah. what I thought. So I was like, oh, that's what I want to try and give it my all. And, you know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. So you didn't have that advantage as captainizing just to do your uh, best Nah, well, not necessarily. I Look, I admired Tony from afar. I'd always be like trying to work out how the is he doing? <laughs> um, and we run into each other every now and again after a yeah. game. Um, I kept pretty low profile out and about, but um, here and there we ran into each mm. other. And uh, and uh, but yeah, I, I was um, probably the complete opposite. I broke my nose in the day before training, <laughs> um, before a game, oh, just, just from, from a straight elbow, exactly yeah. like that. Like literally just doing some ground balls, and I stepped up too early, and an elbow was raised, and literally come across the front of my nose and it was bloody on the other side of my head. Did you play the next day? Play the next day. Yeah. But it took like, uh, I think it took like 45 minutes for him to get it back in. I'd broken it a few times. But like uh, I was there. I, uh, my mentality was probably a little bit different, but that was just the way I was. Um, yeah, I'd spend a fair bit of time on the track, but um, a bit like Swanee, like a lot of my stuff, I'll do a way to make myself feel good bit of extra running or extra like a boxing and that kind of thing which um you know was sort of a, a sharpen up to get myself ready but if you don't post it on social media you, you didn't do it yeah, so well, these days sorry doesn't that switch so we had a listener question about uh i actually broke my wrist sorry. tackling nathan in queen's birthday yeah what yeah. did you Fuck, it would have been one of the games, one of the many games I tried to say. <laughs> uh, 2008 or something. Well, um, this one, it doesn't, they both don't bend because I've got surgery on both of them, but I tackled him. I thought it was all right. I was like, that's sweet. And then, you know, Doc come, like, talking about Doc comes through after every, goes through everyone. You're right, so you're not sweet. I woke up the next day, tried to open the door, my hand was fucked. And obviously, <laughs> the skateboard and Lunade broke them. Mate, I played the rest of the year, but. Had surgery at the end of it, then did this one the next year, and I didn't get this one done for three years. So I was like, No, nah, I don't want to be in a cast going on a footy trip. So I said, No, <laughs> and then it got to the point it's where, right arm. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it got to the point where I'd get hit, I'd get hit, and I'd go down, and I'd have to shake it off. And the doctor, no, that's his sore wrist. And I got, got to about the end of 30, I was like, No, this needs to happen. I can't hold a plate, so I was like, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. So I got chalky wrists, <laughs> but it was from tackling. It was the third, th- the third tackle of my career. Yeah, I reckon I laid seven in my career. And that was that was the third one. And the down the ground vision came in during probably my, the start of your career. Yeah, yeah. The coaches afterwards, because Dane's got theories that you don't win brownlows with defensive pressure. <laughs> so, so it's probably fair enough. And best and fairest. Like, how do you, where 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 did you find that fine line between um, intelligence and, and just not? Oh, it was difficult. Early days prior to being captain um, was where I probably had my most successful individual period. Yeah. But then once I became captain, there was a big responsibility to um, certainly run both ways. Uh, <laughs> so with running both ways, like, you have you obviously you would have had to have taken a little bit off your offensive power because I you cannot 
all the down offensive plays cannot work as hard offensively as they do defensively. It's impossible. You cannot work so hard for the ball and then as soon as the ball gets turned over, run just as hard defensively. It's unless you're taking steroids, it's literally impossible. <laughs> you cannot well, you can't have forty and just sprint your ass off. Because when I was thought I'd get the ball, no one could catch me, but oh I could outrun him. But if I had to chase someone, mate, I was never catching him. <laughs> right, so for you, oh, being, for you being captain, you would have had to have gone. Well, it's like a, by it example. was a shift and leading yeah. by example for yeah. sure, and um, it was like finding that balance. And I guess the guys that you're talking about, uh, you know, I guess were weighing up, making decisions that were probably more sort of proactive and taking an element of risk to be more offensive. Whereas, you know, I guess the position that I found myself in, I think a lot of guys would be in, unless you're the premier type player, is, you know, I guess pulling your weight on both sides of the ball for the team, but. Um, I think that progressed, though. Uh, that was very sort of individualised early in my career. Like, as we evolved as a team and became good, you'd be amazed at how well you function as a unit. So many other guys are going to cover for you. Which, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you just become way more effective and, you know, then the good players are conserving and saving energy. <laughs> there, there would also be, like, I assume, not being good enough, but I assume there'd be an element of, well, if I'm not getting it, no one is while we're going shit. Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> and then I think, like, a great example is, like, as we evolved as a team, the more efficient we were on de- uh, on defence, yeah. you know, then so many more players began to stand out on offence. Olivers, Petrarchas, uh, Maxi, all of those, like, star players for the Demons shone through, but that was just because as a team unit, we actually weren't expending very much energy on defense because we were just super efficient as a team. So then on offense, everyone's got all the running power to be <laughs> fucking going full gun. Yeah. yeah. What, what's the. Uh, oh, come. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Anyway, uh, I was, I was going to ask you about the mental approach to footy. Dane, Dane where the listener question last year about Dane laughing as he ran out of the ground. And Dane's response is always, well, I had two hours. I didn't want to waste my mental energy either between... Soren to Soren. Were you full on during the week? or? You, uh, you I think that progressed for me. I, I reckon like early, I was like super focused and like kind of hardcore about it. But as I got older and more experienced like that, that actually became quite draining. Like, And you realise that you are only out there for a couple of hours. Like, fuck, might as well enjoy it. I think the tough period for me was just because like there was a big stint of like probably eight years where we sucked. <laughs> so I was like basically bunkering down like fuck here we go again kind of thing but like as we sort of you know i guess uh grew out of that era and started to um come good as a club and as a team fuck i well, i wish that it had been more so like the last two or three years for a majority of the 16 or 17 that i played because that was like the funnest period of my life and that was where i just enjoyed every minute of it like Enjoyed training, had a laugh, good banter, enjoyed playing. You know, even the tough times, like, you'd still be fucking laughing about it. But, um, yeah, I think that mentality, it's, it sucks up way less energy if yeah. you are just enjoying it. Uh, we, we saw Jack Higgins, when Richmond were flying, uh, there was a, a, I saw Channel 7 had a camera in the room. The Tigers were about to run out for the second half. And I reckon it was Dustin picked up the phone and said to Jack, it's for you. And they've all pissed themselves off and they go, that's what makes a good team. But actually, sometimes if you if they were going shit and they did the same yeah. thing, the media would pile onto them saying, you're not taking footy seriously. Yeah, I know. I think it's like, I reckon internally at clubs, they're so far more progressed than what people externally, like everyone just looks at it in that very much old school. Like, you're losing, you should be fucking carrying your bottom lip around. Yeah. And get it. Whereas it's like, it actually has to be the complete opposite. Like, you need to be super sort of tough on 
the standards and um, and the behaviours that the group's trying to do, but you also need to create an environment where people love being there, are actually having fun, and they're trying to get better. If it's if it's fucking all doom and gloom, you're only going to keep going further down the <laughs> yeah. hole. And I, I experienced that and the different um, variations of that all through my career. And, and the only way out was when we started to just enjoy all of the little wins along the way, and that and that builds momentum. You didn't have that problem. Uh, no, we were school shit early on, but I wasn't really playing. Um, yeah. Well, I did. We bottomed out, but as a young kid, my so miles oh two was my first proper year, but kind of were in the grand finals. Then we bottomed out, and as a young kid, like when you're a leader of the club, obviously it's different. But in a weird way, I wasn't getting the game. I kind of you kind of want you seeing side to go yeah. shit because you're like, well, I'm playing half back in the twos. Like I hope the their half four kicks eight. So like, <laughs> so the half back gets. Drop so then I get a game. So like, it's you know a lot of the young kids are very sad, rightfully so, because you want to play. So like it's the core fifteen who are fucking trying to work to get yeah. everyone together yeah. to enjoy themselves to build up. But at the end of the day, sit in the back and chase. I hope there's some vision of fucking him getting it. Him <laughs> sack. So because you know I had a good day in the two. So like he moves, he goes shit house. So he's sitting sort of at the MCG going, fuck, how we get beat today? <laughs> well, you walk in, sorry, boys in the tent, you're like, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to chance, yeah, 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 chance to play next week. Surely there's a spot there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's kind of the mentality early. But once I started going right and well, was pies going, well, exactly what like Jonesy said before, like, the best time of your life. And footy, mate, those so, sort of sort of 9, 10, 11, sort of those sort of three years when we are playing in the prelims and when in the premierships, grand finals, they went, it felt like we were for three months. Like, you're winning, you're playing at a huge club, playing in front of big crowds, you're playing well, you can't do a thing wrong, you go in and fucking everyone loves you. Yeah, like, you winning hides everything. Yeah, exactly. You can do whatever you like. Yeah, it just moves like that. Like, bang, all of a sudden, it's, mate, you're, 30, you're 32, you, you finish, and you're like, what the fuck happened there? Like, yeah. it's the best time in life. When you're losing at a big club, like, you're just, everything snowballs, and that's, you know, you just, do you try and hide and, like, Try and bunker away and like the bottom lip and like fuck. Some people put on a face to look like they they're caring. Yeah. Where I was always, uh, I think I'm playing my best when I'm loose and enjoying myself. Yeah. So if people might have taken that as a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. But that's just the, that's how I think I'm best as a person. So yeah. why wouldn't that translate to me playing footy? Some people running out there with a snarl on their face and they know me. They just want to do it so it looks like they're fucking into the game. But I was just as into the game, as competitive as anyone. I just did relax. Yeah, and yeah. Put a smile on my face. And there was something you learned as you went. As it yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think um, I reckon my mentality initially was just a byproduct of Melbourne <clears throat> struggling, yeah. and I certainly was in that like bunker down, like fuck, I'm embarrassed as hell. Like, didn't want to be seen. Like, we're getting belted. Like, it was a bad period for a, for you know a bunch of years there. But then on the other side of it, it's like fuck, I'm doing what I love, and. Um, playing well and we're working to try and be better and and then there's a sense of responsibility like as you progress and I, then I become the senior player and the, then I become the leader and then you become the captain you you have to drive what you want the environment to look like and um you know uh, the successful ones come where people are in a place where they fucking love it they love coming they love being there they're passionate and they and it's not necessarily like you win or you learn <laughs> And if you lose, like, there's some really clear, clear reasons why and we just move on to the next week kind of thing. Like, And like you said, the game moves so fucking fast. If you're worrying about what happens Sunday and you're playing the next Saturday and it's taking you half the week to get over it, like, you're going to carry that into the following week. So it's just moving on as quick as you can and, and um, yeah, just uh, loving, loving every minute of it. Did you think about leaving? Yeah. It would have been, like, obviously tough getting you right. Been a good play, good play... Pretty, pretty much taking your pick yeah. at any club and trying to chase success. Were, yeah. you, were you close? Or I you... thought about it a few times. I think it all kind of, it was all just a timing thing. Like when I probably at peak of when I was playing real well, like sort of 26, 27, um, when, and we were still sort of just going. It had been one year of Ruzi there and, um, and Peter Jackson as CEO. But I'd just been appointed as a as a standalone captain, and I was like, "Well, this this," and I was out of contract, so I'm like, "This is my only <coughs> chance." But I'm a skipper, and I'm, am I going to give Ruzi a little bit more time? But I've been sold a story so many other yeah. times. 
I ended up just deciding to back back that in, which you know, some would say right, some would say wrong. I guess the, the how I rationalised that in my own mind was what would really bring me fulfilment, and I felt like you know, jumping ship, going to a club that was close or near to it, where I hadn't really put a whole heap of work in, just riding on their coattails wouldn't necessarily mean as much if I could play a really strong hand in reshaping Melbourne's culture and pushing them up to success. And I was hopeful of winning a flag and missed out <laughs> by a fucking bee's dick, but um, that's the way it goes. But you'd it? rather be you than Brett Deledio, wouldn't you? Um, in other words, Brett had such a fantastic career in Richmond, then later his career goes to GWS and sees the Tigers. <clears> yeah, well, absolutely. And I think that, that sort of played in the back of my mind. Um, and I... Uh, I just I didn't think I could live with myself if yeah. I if I had a because it was almost like what's the like I'd be taking the easy option kind of thing rather than just like sucking it up and having a fucking go at it um, and and that's the reason why I took that challenge on because I, I was like I felt like it was going to bring me more motivation and and if I was able to achieve that I'd, I'd feel you know completely fulfilled with my career and albeit that I didn't win or you know, participate in the in the premiership. You know, would have ended up if I'd had a stadium first, probably been an emergency. So hence why I made the decision to come back for the Twins. Um, I I knew when I made that call to sign a four or five year deal, wherever it was at the time, that if it wasn't to be a premiership, like at least when I finished, the club's in a better position. So you know, when I hung them up, my well, the club couldn't be in a better fucking position. Mm, yeah. And a lot of the people that you know came back to me and spoke to me over that. You know, the coming months after I did finish up were, um, you know, full of praise, which was super humbling um, and almost hard, a hard pill for me to swallow at the time because there's a whole heap of emotions going on. But I think now I sit back and I'm proud of my contribution to helping shape the culture and, and where the footy club has now finally got to. Because at one point we were completely irrelevant and, um, you know, there was calls for us to, to fuck us off out of the competition <laughs> yeah. and... And we get belted every week. Well, I still remember some of the games. Like we lost by 186 points down Geelong. Like, that fucking drive home was horrific. <laughs> um, like we lost like, over 150 to Essendon at G, and that was off the back of a 95 point loss the week before. I think, and yeah, there was just some horror times with big beltings. But um, yeah, that's just uh, that was part of my journey. So as a, as a nutty supporter, and I've been in the coterie for 20 years, and uh, and it's been a privilege. And for those who don't know, the coterie like was formed for Ron Brassy when his dad got killed in, in war. I mean, it's it is something that's got a good connection with the players, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. People will know about. Um, but you, I'd see also those type of stories from CEOs and coaches, <coughs> and people. They, they came, they came and went. My firm belief is that Peter Jackson actually was the most important person <coughs> we got because everything. Then you, you put the pin there, and what, what I love straight away, and <laughs> it's all mentioned others, but what I love straight away, he said, I had to be convinced to wear the club tie. I want to wear a club tie because I'm not here to be a supporter, I'm here to do a job. And I'm like, thank fuck. Yeah. Uh, his mentality, like, like I, I'm a huge advocate. Uh, you know, I have a great relationship with him. I've caught up with him multiple times since finishing and spoken to him a lot, a lot along the way, you know, when he finished up. But, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I still remember those. I remember him coming on board, having heap of discussions with him, obviously because I was captain at the time, co-captain into captain. Um, you know, I had a really strong working relationship. I remember the private meetings, trying to convince Ruzi with like a lot of the other senior players. And, and, um, and yeah, I, I think he, his ability to be able to bring an organisation together but also empower people to execute their roles and, and motivate them and see a vision, particularly from where we were coming from. Um, you know, he's No wonder he's so sort of renowned and revered amongst the, the competition as like one of you know, the best sort of CEOs. And um, he did an awesome job and, uh, and you know, I'm super thankful because for me... A lot of the turmoil started at the top and yes. you know, I guess that trickled all the way down to the playing group and, and there was periods where, you know, it sort of felt playing there, you know, we weren't really prioritising winning games of footy, which why the fuck are we even here? <laughs> kind of um, and until he kind of came along and like put a stake in the ground, like we're only here to win games and, and eventually get back to playing finals and then sort of formulate, you know, the roles of people and getting the right um, individuals in the right positions and, and that sort of then filtered down through sort of culture and values amongst the entire footy club, were we able to start, you know, progressing forward?
Yeah, so losing deliberately for draft picks. Yeah, because it's so important to pick number one. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> all right. What pick number are you in against me? 58. Once you're in the club, that's what it is. Yeah, I think, like, you know, I've lived and breathed that period as well, which was fucking ugly and had huge question marks over it, but I don't want to, you know, sort of create or dig up any old wounds. But um, so, well, let me ask it this way. So, just so you know. <laughs> no, no, but. I actually I was telling you before, coincidentally, I'm with Maxie Thorpe at the Tens. I'm not going to give up a proper conversation, obviously, but as a Nuffy supporter, I got all the enjoyment I possibly could out of that premiership. Like, beyond, I, I, I'd start driving traffic, I'd fly over and cry. Like, it was just <laughs> so fucking, I'm 53, why am I But that's what the effect it had yeah. on me as a supporter. But, but I haven't read any of the books that come out from that year because I got the enjoyment I wanted out of it. Yeah. But I'd love to watch a 30 for 30 series on Melbourne 2008 to 2013. <laughs> oh, Would it be something? Oh, yeah. Like, it was... Fuck, there was some random shit. Um, after that Geelong loss, like, there was some random stuff, like, above me that yeah. happened. Um, you know, yeah, it was... It was um, there was some weird shit that went on in Like, games. in 20 years' time, if they sat down, you would... You would actually... There'd be some quality that... Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I actually... You know, one guy who was like the gatekeeper for all of these memories was Cole Garland. Yes. Like if we, if you could just unpack all of the memories in his mind. <laughs> he, I, I reckon part of me is just like compartmentalise that period and blocked it out of my brain completely. So I have some memories of different things, but you know, you, you sit down and have a beer with him and Max and it's like, fuck, that happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, I don't know, man. It's a, That's just part of it. And um I think it just adds to the story. I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, I look back now, I'm like kind of grateful for that whole journey, which was weird and, you know, tumultuous at different times, but um, here's what it is. Do you have any involvement in the, with Melbourne these days? Uh, no, not really. Like I'll go back and do certain things. Um, they have passed on my number this year to a young fella, which I'm looking forward to him. I think he might be a red hot chance to play early on. Yeah. So, um, he was sort of in the in the midst of playing late last year as emergency, so I think he'll get his shot. Um, Jacob Van Ruin, and um, so yeah, I'll be involved in that jump Creso stuff. And yeah. other than that, mate, bit of coterie. I'm hoping to try and get there this year. To be honest, the last fucking twelve months is like I've been just trying to survive, yeah. which you'll learn. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was the first two or three months was the easiest part. I reckon we had a period when the twins sort of were sort of five, anywhere between five and ten months where I was just like, what the fuck have we done? <laughs> like, it was literally wake up, wake up multiple times a night. I reckon at one point we were up six to eight times. But, and I was like, then you go to work, come back. <laughs> oh, mate, it was brutal. So brutal. But we're sort of out the other side a little bit. There's all yeah. the new challenges that come with parenting. Yeah. Fuck, my older two just punch on. <laughs> well, I came home from work yesterday. My son's, so my son in the last, was still being school. Ages? Ages six and eight. Yeah. Um, my son's six, daughter's eight. They punch on flat out. He ripped a <laughs> chunk of her hair out, <laughs> smashed the bottom of my wine fridge and broke our TV all in the last, like, Two weeks. <laughs> they broke my TV. That'd be the. That'd be the straw. That'd be that's like it. Brand new, like, epic TV. I'd spend a bit on it. And I fucking came home. And Jerry's like, the TV's broken. I'm like, what do you mean? I think I'm like something small. Yeah. yeah. And I can't even. I'll turn it on and the whole thing just blanks. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, it's fully really fucked. And then I call up to see if they can do like a repair. It's like double the price of the TV. I'm like, fuck. It's a full insurance job. And then it's like you talk, try and talk uh, like reason with him, like, come on, mate, you got to be better than that. Yeah. Like, control, you, you got to try and learn to control your anger. And instead of throwing things when you're frustrated, like talking through that feud, yeah, 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 dad. Then another <laughs> week goes by. I threw a car at his sister yesterday. Like I said, smash the bottle of my wine fridge. He'll be in an, in an underplayer. Under oh, yeah, mate, he's as aggressive as hell. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just trying to teach him how to harness some of that. In fact, in fact. That reminds me of you're saying what I saw firsthand, including getting punched in the nuts by Jack Viney when he was four years old in the <laughs> Melbourne rooms. So has he got a bit of Jack Viney? Oh, yeah, well, he's, he's, mate, he's got a mean streak to him. But, um, but well, I'm, Jack's I'm, I'm, one the right one. Oh, absolutely, he has. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's, I'd have to, I probably should get some advice from Todd actually about that. Yeah, how they restrained him as a young fella. But, Did you um, hear some of the stories? <laughs> yeah, well, I have heard a little bit. But, um, 
I, well, I'm one of three boys as well, so my old man's giving me plenty, but he doesn't seem to show too much emotion. He just says to me, chin up, mate. That's all I want to So, um, but yeah, good times. Fantastic. Um, so, I'm not so deserting, but when I interviewed Ned Cudley, so you get, it's, it's such an honour, like, as in, and rightfully so, I think it was Barassi, Flower, Neats, Ridley, Spencer, you, mm-hmm. as life members there. And, but it's two months after the grand final, and it was, it was fantastic. The room's, you could hear a pin drop. You didn't know where you were, I reckon. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. Mentally or physically? No, nah, it took me ages. Um, I didn't think it would hit me. Well, I did think it would hit me as hard. Yeah. I knew it was going to. Because I still remember making the call to leave Perth. And then everything was such a whirlwind for like a month. But I left Perth and I'm like, I'm going to fucking retire. Well, I'm not going to go on. And then we have the babies. Then Melbourne win the flag. When did you know you were going to retire? Was that early? I year? knew. I knew during the year, like with how the year was going, I was like, this, this, like, there's no point in me going any further. Like, I think, like, once you feel like you, you, like, I still felt I was playing well, and yeah. I was playing super good in the VFL. But it's like, how many, like, how much? You just keep pushing shit up. Yeah, like, yeah. I think you've just got to fall on your sword to some degree. Did anyone like what you know? All, all. Players go to Gold Coast to retire. Like, going up there. Oh, like I thought about it, but then it's like I just had so like maybe if my family situation was a little bit different, I would have pursued or considered that just because yeah. of the the form that I had been in in the VFL. Um, but that all kind of just like it's all about luck and timing. Like yeah. that just coincided with like the team on an absolute roll. And right when I was about to be back in, I strained my calf. Yeah. So I sort of lost a bit of momentum there. And then it's coming towards the end of the season. And it's like, fuck, they're winning every game. How are they going to make a change like in the last month? Yeah. Um, so I was sort of just hanging as emergency yeah. for that six weeks. And the only really way in was if someone got injured. Um, and <clears> once we once the prelim happened and they fucking belted Geelong, I still remember sitting in the stand saying, well, I've got a big decision to make tonight. Yeah. Because the, my wife had pushed to sort of 38 weeks with the twins and was like in a whole heap of trouble back here. She'd yeah. been in hospital for a week with like preeclampsia stuff, which is like high for like blood pressure yeah. and that. So the pressure was building sure. and it was like COVID lockdown. My other two kids are at home yeah. and, and Melbourne's like <laughs> in a flag and I'm like, fuck, my family's in <laughs> chaos back home. I need to make a decision. I got absolutely fucking hammered after the game. <laughs> um, the boys, we all had a few beers because it was a two-week break. Yeah. And I pushed on with a few. And um, <laughs> I remember, I think I got to sleep like five. My wife called me at like 7.30. Like, you need to make a fucking call. I'm fucked. Like, <laughs> don't call me back unless you tell, like, giving me an answer yeah. of yes or no. And then I just thought about it for a bit. I'm like, I need to go home. Um, and then, yeah, I was. When I got to that point, I was still frazzled. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it took me a bit of time to sort of work through all of the emotions of that. Um, you know, anger and frustration you know i've certainly felt uh somewhat sorry for myself and that but then when i sort of reshaped it like i came to the point where, like footy's like one part of your life um like one chapter i gave it everything i could luck wasn't necessarily on my side did you control all the things you could yep fuck i don't have any regrets like let's just move on to the next phase of life like let's um, enjoy all the good things that I've got going on, which is you know family and opportunities and and uh, and going and doing shit that I couldn't have necessarily done if I was was playing. So um, and that's sort of where I got to a bit of a point where I was like, fuck, let's just enjoy the next period. And also like our town, not well, the footy club, but it was coming out of lockdown and all that. And so then you see, and you would have got to experience during the year what what your career meant to so many people. So. What, what's one of the things that surprised me doing this with Swanee and Nick Maxwell confirmed it is that actually fans, the club means more to fans than it actually does to players sometimes at yeah. times, which means that you mean so much to so many people what you've done. So <laughs> have you been able to, yeah. has that been a nice thing to be able to experience? Well, it's been like ultra humbling. I guess uh, I'm sort of like, which is maybe a bad trait, but I was like, oh yeah, like sort of brush it off. But if you just sit in that feeling for a bit and listen to what people are saying, like some... Yeah, I, I probably didn't really realise the influence, like particularly all through those dark years. Yeah. Like, I was just thought I was a young fella trying to make my way. All I wanted to do was be a good player and fucking make sure that I could walk off the ground with my head held high and try and perform to the best I could. You know, win or loss or draw. Um, but then the impact that had on people, like <coughs> saying that they 
wouldn't have kept watching games if it wasn't mm. for the effort and and um and passion that I sort of showed. Like that was I was like fuck really, and and that just kept coming and you know to be um you know bestowed with the honor of the the coterie life membership and um you know i guess the celebration that happened in december with, at, at the g with the cup and all of those kind of things um you know i think that sort of helped um and i kind of got to a point where it was like i guess the reflection on things was like the impact that you have on people is the thing that really means the most and that was um it's not necessarily all the awards and and the trophies and the premierships and stuff like if you walk away and you've had like a significant influence on the people around you and the people that admire you, like um, I think that's a true reflection of, of the person. So I, I, um, I guess that's uh, that sat pretty comfortably with me and helped sort of fulfil that void that I felt was missing having not played in the flag. And I'm speaking from fans who don't know, but from people who do know you, I know that um, we call had the fairy tale, but he said his best thing from footy even better than Brownlow. <laughs> they gave him a book after he retired. And each of his 21 teammates at Clark gave just one page on what he meant to them. Yeah. And I assume that that's, it's been those deep relationships that uh, premiership or no, you, you're going to have and cherish forever. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, some of the most, um, I guess, rewarding messages were, like some of the best advice I got like, late in my career was, um, you know, I sat down with Juddy, who's a friend of mine. He was like, you think invest time into younger guys because that, makes you younger kind of thing and you know particularly when I stepped away from the captaincy was like not avoid leadership opportunities but like take on trying to you know foster and grow that next generation and a lot of I did spend a lot of time with that sort of emerging leadership group and some of those younger guys that ultimately probably took my position in the end um but they were the handful of guys that were messaging me like fucking you know multiple paragraph messages with appreciation for the time and effort that I put in which um, you know, I guess they were the things that really meant a lot to me because it's um, sometimes those things go unnoticed, but when they get acknowledgement from the people that you put time in, you're not doing it for anything other than just passion and wanting to see people be better and live their dreams out. Um, you know, some of the messages I got from those boys were things that I'll hold very dearly for sure. That's awesome, mate. And just to finish with Sonny, what looks like locking horns with him out in the G? <laughs> oh, he uh, flogged me multiple nah, times. <laughs> it, was, it was too aggressive and too physical for me. Thankfully, I had leg space. I didn't want to get tackled. He was, um, he was hard to play on because yeah. um, like, basically what he's just said is how we played. Like he play with passion and intensity you could see it in him the way he, he went about it so whether they're going shit or not if you if he sat next to you like fuck right oh, like and when when you're going shit it's, when you're flogging the side it's easy to take sort of you can guess a bit first but when you sat next to him i'm gonna go fuck right oh, well i'm gonna earn every most of the kicks i have today because he played from the front he he played all the blokes he played with during that time played with the passion and intensity he had they would have won a lot more games. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough to play on, that's for sure. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much. Your time. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Josie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.